The late great pastor Adrian Rogers once said, worship is enjoying the presence of God. And I certainly hope that you are enjoying the presence of God today. We were created to worship God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus as children of God. We worship God as we enjoy God and his presence at work in our lives, our marriages, our families, our relationships, and in all our circumstances. We worship God as we live for God day by day as followers of Jesus Christ. God is worthy of all of our worship and all of our praise. Amen? He is worthy of all we have and all we are. Let me encourage you to open your Bibles with me uh, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We are finishing our sermon series titled, Do Unto Others Today. For the past three months, we have been unpacking God's truth for our lives and relationships found in the golden rule. Jesus taught us the golden rule in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said in Matthew 7 and verse 12, Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and prophets. Whatever we want others to give to us, we are to give to others. What we want to get from others, we're to give to others. The golden rule is best for us because it's God's rule for us. And as we've learned in this series, we know and understand if we want others to love us, we must love others. If we want others to encourage us, we must encourage others. If we want others to pray with and for us, we must pray with and for others. If we want others to live in peace with us, we must live in peace with others. It's important for us to give these blessings to one another because we're brothers and sisters in Jesus. It's also important for us to give these blessings to those around us because we are witnesses for Jesus. Three points that we have learned throughout our series, throughout the time of study in this series, three points we've learned about the golden rule. Number one, the golden rule is personal. Jesus issued a command to each one of us, do to others as you would have them do to you. The golden rule calls us into action. The golden rule calls me into action. The golden rule calls you into action. You see, God wants us to be involved in each other's lives and in the lives of those he places around us. God wants us to join him in his work in others. God wants us to share his blessings with others. And we know this golden rule helps to guard us from becoming isolated from others because it calls us to be involved with others. Secondly, the golden rule is practical. The golden rule makes sense. It's easy for us to understand. Do to others what you would have others do to you. God has blessed us, and he wants us to bless others. God has encouraged us. God wants us to encourage others. We did nothing to deserve or earn God's blessings, therefore we must share God's blessings freely and joyfully and practically on a day-by-day basis, continually sharing these blessings with those that God placed around us. The golden rule, the third point, real quickly, is the golden rule is powerful. When the golden rule is practiced, 
we all win. Obeying the golden rule allows us to reap God's blessings. Obeying the golden rule allows us to see God at work in us. Obeying the golden rule allows others to see God at work in us. Obeying the golden rule allows us to bless others. Obeying the golden rule allows us to encourage others. Obeying the golden rule allows us to minister to others in God's strength for God's glory. Human nature says, do to others only after they have done to you. Or do to others after and only after others agree to do for you. God told us, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. Whether they ever do for you, whether they ever do to you or not, do to others as you would have them do to you. Thankfully, God empowers us to do to others as we walk by the Spirit. Walking by the Spirit simply means we follow God by faith each day. Where God leads, we go. What God says, we do. And so as we come to the end of this series, as we are finishing this series, Do Unto Others, God wants us to focus on one Do Unto Others action step that is actually has been a part, this step has actually been a part of all the other steps that we have covered in this series. It's actually deeply connected to the other truths that we have learned in our study. God wants us to focus our attention this morning on forgiveness. If we want others to forgive us, we must forgive others. As we've learned Loving others God's way includes forgiving others. Encouraging others God's way includes forgiving others. Praying with and for others includes forgiving others. Living at peace with others includes forgiving others. We cannot underestimate the need, the blessing, the power of forgiveness. The golden rule is found in the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is one of the greatest sermons recorded in Scripture. Jesus called his disciples to follow him. And then shortly after calling his disciples to follow him, he sat down on a mountain on the side of a hill, and he taught his disciples and followers at that point in time what it meant to follow him, what it would look like for them to follow him. And so he shared these truths in the Sermon on the Mount. As disciples of Jesus today, we are disciples of Jesus. We are learners. We are followers of Jesus. This truth is for us as well. And so in Matthew chapter 6, I want you to look back one chapter. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount about prayer. Jesus taught us how to pray God's way in this Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 6 uh, and we'll begin in verse, nine, in verse 9. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We look and see here in this passage 
that praying God's way, Jesus told us, includes prioritizing forgiveness. We see right here in verses 9 through 13, there is a priority that Jesus placed on forgiveness. Now, we know Jesus always practiced what he preached. And so we know Luke told us, uh, and the other gospel authors told us, as Jesus was being crucified on the cross, Jesus cried out to God his Father, and he asked God to forgive those who were crucifying him because he said, Father, they don't, they don't know what they are doing. And so he practiced what he preached. He's teaching us here about forgiveness. Jesus also gave us more instruction, more encouragement about forgiveness. Look in verse 14 and 15. He amplified this priority on forgiveness. He said this, for if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive your offenses. It's clear Forgiveness is a must for us as followers of Jesus. If we want others to forgive us, we must forgive others. If we want God to forgive us, we must forgive others, as Jesus shared with us here in verses 14 and 15. Quick definition, forgive means to send away. It means to let go. It means to keep no longer, to release we don't forgive based on the worthiness of others. We don't forgive based on the request from others. We forgive because God has called us to forgive. God has called us to release, to let go, to send away, to keep no longer the hurts that others have caused us. Archibald Hart, a Christian counselor and author, said, Forgiveness is relinquishing my rights to hurt back. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It's a permanent attitude. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness doesn't come from an emotion in the moment. Forgiveness comes from an act of our will. And so I want us to look this morning at some points about forgiveness from this passage, points that we need to apply in our lives, points that the Holy Spirit of God is going to search our hearts and minds, and he's going to teach us, and he's going to challenge us, and he may even convict us in areas as he continues changing us to be more and more like Jesus. But understand as well, these points are also going to be used by God in our lives, not just personally, but also as we go about ministering to those that God's placed around us, because there is no doubt that each of us have plenty of opportunities, and we know of others who struggle with forgiveness in different relationships that you have personally, in different relationships you have with others that you know that others may be struggling in their relationships. Many times, the issue, the point comes down to an area of forgiveness, forgiveness versus unforgiveness. And so these points are important for you and me this morning as we seek to get from God all that he has for us this morning. The first point is this, we forgive because God has forgiven us. Real simple, we forgive because God has forgiven us. 
We were once dead in our sins and transgressions. We were separated from God because of our sin against God, and we had no help or hope of getting rid of our sin and getting to God on our own. We, quite simply, were in a desperate spot. But God, say that with me out loud. But God, again, but God, rich in grace, mercy, and love, made us alive with him in Christ Jesus. Jesus took our place on the cross. Jesus gave his life for us. Jesus shed his blood for us so that we might receive forgiveness of sins. The finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary provides us with the opportunity to receive God's gift of salvation. As Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, in him, meaning Jesus, in Christ Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of God's grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. Paul told us God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Christ Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. We are right with God by faith in Jesus. We have forgiveness with God by the blood of Jesus Christ that is shed on the cross of Calvary by God's grace through our faith in Jesus. We can rejoice in our forgiveness in Jesus. We can rejoice that God is a forgiving God. Amen? We can rejoice that God is a forgiving God. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4. He said, Lord, if you kept a record of iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness so that you may be revered. We can praise God that we have forgiveness from God in Christ Jesus. We can rejoice that there is forgiveness with God. So we forgive because God has forgiven us. We let go, we release, we send away the hurts, the pain, the offenses that others cause against us. Because first and foremost, God has forgiven us. Second point we see here that Jesus makes is we forgive because we want God to forgive us. Look again in verse 14. For if you forgive others, their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Now, walk with me, follow me now. As followers of Jesus, we are right with God by faith in Jesus. We all agree with this. We all understand this, this point. What this means is we stand before God clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. You and I are able to stand before God clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. God counted the perfect righteousness of Jesus to us, and God counted our sin to Jesus on the cross. And so we know that God stands and looks at us and when he looks at us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the righteousness of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus that takes away our sin. We know and understand Jesus paid the price for our sins, all of them, past, present, and future. Our salvation is secure in Jesus. 
as Jesus told us, no one can snatch us out of God's hands. Amen? And we can't climb out of God's hands even if we want to, which I don't know why we would ever want to. But we can't climb out of God's hands and no one can snatch us out of God's hands. Our salvation is secure in Christ Jesus. Here Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, if we don't forgive others of the sins, the offenses that they commit against us on a regular, daily, weekly basis, then God will not forgive us of our daily sins. If we don't forgive, God won't forgive us of our daily sins. Now, it's important to understand, Jesus is not threatening us that we will lose our salvation in this passage. This is not a threat from Jesus that if you don't forgive, then your salvation is revoked. You're done. You're back to square one. You're lost again. That's not what Jesus is saying here. I like what one Bible scholar said. Jesus is not saying you will lose your salvation, but that you will lose the joy of your salvation. He's telling us we'll lose the joy of our salvation. We'll lose the daily forgiveness of sins that we desperately need. And so we understand and realize what Jesus reminded us of in this passage is freely we have received God's forgiveness. Each of us, we have freely received God's forgiveness. Freely we are to show God's forgiveness. He's telling us here, living is forgiving and forgiving is living as followers of Jesus Christ. He's reminding us that unforgiveness is sin and it is out of place in God's family. It doesn't make sense for us to withhold from others what we freely receive from God and what we daily need from God. And so we understand we forgive because we have been forgiven. We forgive because we want God to forgive us of our daily sins. So let's just real quickly look at a couple of ways, a few ways that we are to forgive. Number one, we must forgive quickly. We need to forgive quickly. We must forgive whether the person who is causing offense to us, whether the person who is harming or hurting us asks for our forgiveness or not. Or even if they stop their offenses against us or not. We must forgive quickly. You see, we don't want anyone or anything to hinder our relationship with God. We don't want anyone or anything to keep us from receiving the daily forgiveness of our sins that we need from God. And so we must forgive quickly. When those offenses come in to us that are done to us by others, we must turn to the Father and we must get with the Father and we must allow the Holy Spirit to begin working in us to produce that forgiveness that allows us to let it go, to let it go quickly. We must forgive quickly. Secondly, we must forgive joyfully. We must forgive joyfully. Listen now, the cost of us forgiving others will never match the cost Jesus paid to forgive us. The cost of us forgiving others will never match the cost Jesus paid to forgive us. You see, Jesus paid the price for our sins by giving his life for us. Jesus was innocent of all sin, yet convicted and charged as guilty. 
We are guilty of sin, yet we are declared righteous in Christ Jesus. We're declared righteous in him. Forgiveness is not easy. In no way am I saying forgiveness is easy, and in no way was Jesus teaching and preaching that this is an easy one. This is a softball right across the plate for you guys. This won't be much for you guys to handle at all. Just go ahead and forgive others when they offend you. Forgiveness is rarely easy. The pain and hurt caused by others can run very deep in us. And if given time, it can sink deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into us, and it permeates all through us. Which is why we must forgive quickly. It's why we must forgive joyfully. We forgive joyfully because we know and understand that pain that has been caused to us will never compare with the pain that Jesus suffered for us on the cross of Calvary. And so as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we're able to forgive others like Jesus. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. And as we do, we'll forgive quickly. As we do, we'll forgive joyfully because we will be reminded as we keep our eyes on Jesus of the sacrifice he made for us, for our forgiveness that is such a blessing for us. And it will then empower and enable us to seek to forgive others, those that have caused hurt and offense to us. Then number three, we need to, we must forgive wisely. We must forgive wisely. This has come up often here recently over the course of this past year. More than one person, I've had several people ask me this question, and I want to just share. We must forgive wisely. Forgiveness doesn't mean we continue in our relationships without making any changes to our relationships. Forgiveness doesn't mean that we continue in our relationships, specifically with those who have caused hurt or offense to us, without making any changes in our relationships with them. We must forgive others, and there's no question about that. We don't have an exception clause or an out opportunity there. We must forgive others. But there are times as we forgive others that God will cause us and lead us and encourage us to make some changes to our relationships with others specifically make changes to our relationships with others who have hurt us or who are continuing to hurt us. We forgive whether others uh, ask for our forgiveness or not. We forgive whether others stop what they're doing to hurt us or not. We, we forgive. But it doesn't mean we forgive and we just continue going on as before in those relationships that are causing hurt and offense to us. You see, God will give us wisdom to know when he wants us to pull back from those relationships that maybe have caused us hurt. Or God will give us wisdom to know when we need to pull back from the one who continues doing things that are harming or hurting us. God will also give us wisdom when it's time for us to go and seek help for the hurt that others have caused us from the past or to seek help for the hurt that others are causing us. You see, God will also give us wisdom when it's time for us to put a safe distance between us and others. Because you see, that's important. We must forgive quickly, we must forgive joyfully, but we also must forgive wisely. We forgive. And we move forward and we continue to love others. But 
there are times when we forgive and we move forward and we may continue to love others because that's what God calls us to do and he'll empower us to do that, but we're going to do it from a little different perspective. We're going to pull back a little bit if God leads in that direction. We're going to put a safe distance between us and that other individual because that's what God desires for us because that other individual may not be walking in the spirit. They may be walking in the flesh. They may continue to hurt or harm us, and that is not what God desires for us. We also forgive wisely. Wise, forgiving wisely also has uh, this second uh, meaning, this second aspect to it, and that means uh, we forgive wisely. Therefore, in the battle of spiritual warfare, when our enemy brings those folks up and continually reminds us of what they've done to us, when he brings up the hurt that they've caused us in the past, forgiving wisely means we're able to immediately say, no, 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 I'm not going there because you see that sin, that offense is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have forgiven that individual and Satan, you're not going to have a play with me in that area. I'm not allowing my mind to go that way. No, I understand and realize that God has forgiven me. I have forgiven them and I'm going to walk in the victor's mind in Christ Jesus. And as, God, as our enemy tries to bring up hurt from the past to hinder us in the present, we claim the forgiveness that we have in Christ, we claim the forgiveness that we have given to that individual in Christ, and then we begin to pray for that individual to allow the Holy Spirit of God to take control and to keep our enemy from dragging us off into areas that we don't want to go to in our minds as it relates to uh, the hurt from the past. You see, Solomon told us, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So we, we must forgive wisely at times uh, so that God can continue his work in us and through us. Third, we forgive because we have been forgiven. We forgive because we want God to forgive us. We forgive because it's best for us. Everything Jesus said to us, think about this, as you look back in the word, everything Jesus has said to us in his word is right, it's true, and it's for our best. There is nothing that we see in this word that is not for our best. There is nothing that we see in this word that is not right and not true. Unforgiveness hurts us. Let me say that again. Unforgiveness hurts us. If you're taking notes, unforgiveness hurts me. Unforgiveness welcomes the pain caused by a person in our past into the present, and it hinders our relationship with God. Unforgiveness welcomes the pain caused by a person in our past into the present, and it hinders our relationship with God. Listen, unforgiveness imprisons us, not those who hurt us. Unforgiveness imprisons us because those who hurt us may not know that they hurt us or they may not care that they hurt us. They may continue to cause offense to us, indicating that they couldn't care less. And so if there's unforgiveness in our lives, it's imprisoning us. Unforgiveness chains us to the hurt from our past. That past may be extended way into our past or that past may be recent. Unforgiveness is simply unpleasant. It doesn't please God and it does not please us. This is why the writer of Hebrews told us in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15 to make sure that no 
Make sure that, that no one misses the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. Make sure that no one misses the grace of God, that grace connected to our forgiveness in Christ Jesus. Make sure that no one misses the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up in us because those root, the root of bitterness causes trouble and it defiles us. Unforgiveness hurts us, hurts our walk with God, hurts our worship of God, hurts our witness for God. Unforgiveness hurts our relationship with God. Unforgiveness hurts our relationships with others. Forgiveness eases the sting. Forgiveness erases the stain of bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness in our lives. We forgive because it is best for us. The fourth point we see is we forgive by God's power in us. And this is so vitally important for you and for me today. <clears throat> we forgive by God's power in us. Without question, anytime when the topic of forgiveness comes up, it obviously stirs up emotions. It obviously stirs up thoughts. And at times, even, it stirs up pain because we think to those areas in our lives where maybe there is some pain that we've not yet released to the Lord. Maybe there is some areas of unforgiveness in our lives. And at times, that pain can be so significant that we think to ourselves and say to ourselves, you know what, there's no way I'll ever be able to forgive that individual for what they said. There's no way I'll be able to ever forgive that individual for what they did. And that may be very well true for you and for me. We may not be able to forgive them in and of our own strength. And so we don't need to try forgiveness in our power according to our wisdom because more than likely it's not going to work. But we can forgive by God's power at work in us. As we've shared, forgiveness is rarely easy, but it is possible by the power of God at work in us. And that's one of the things that Jesus was prioritizing, that Jesus was focusing in on as he taught us about forgiveness here as in this teaching about prayer. If you notice in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9, you notice what Jesus did in this teaching about prayer that relates specifically to forgiveness. Number one, Jesus taught us to pray with humility. If you look there in beginning in verse 9, Jesus taught us to pray with humility. He said, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He taught us to pray with humility. What Jesus is saying here is we must acknowledge that God's will and way is best. We must acknowledge that he is God and we're not. We must acknowledge that God knows best, not us. We must acknowledge that God's power is enough, not ours. We must acknowledge that God's wisdom is best, not ours. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We acknowledge his will and way is best. Jesus taught us to pray with humility. Then secondly, Jesus taught us to pray for help. Notice he said, give us today our daily bread. Forgive, our, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Right there, Jesus taught us to pray for God's provision. Give us today our daily bread. To pray for God's pardon. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And to pray for God's protection. Lead us not into uh, temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so we see here how important it is for us to understand we acknowledge God's will and way is best. And we acknowledge we need God's help to live God's way. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Father, I humble myself for you. You're in charge, not me. And God, I need you to give me 
my daily bread, the, the needs that I have, Father God, the needs of my family. Would you meet our needs each day? And God, would you help me to forgive? Forgive me of my sins, God, as I seek to forgive those who have sinned against me. We need to ask God for his help to forgive. Forgiveness, when you stop and think about it, is supernatural. It's not natural for us. Forgiveness is supernatural. What is natural for us is when others hurt us, we want to hurt them. What's natural for us is getting even. It's seeking revenge. What's natural for us is striking back. When others hurt or offend us, that's natural for us to go back at them. Forgiveness is supernatural. Forgiveness is the opposite. When others hurt us or offend us or say mean or horrible things about us, when others are intentionally trying to hurt us or even at times unintentionally trying to hurt us, but nonetheless others hurt us or offend us, forgiveness, releasing, sending away, letting that hurt go as quickly as possible is supernatural. It happens by God's power at work in us through the presence of his Holy Spirit living within us. I love how Paul reminded us in many of his writings, and certainly in his writing to the church at Ephesus, he reminded uh, the believers in Ephesus and in us as well today as we look into scripture that we are new creations in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come, and that means we have taken off our old self of sin and selfishness, and we have put on the new self clothed in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Again, we we are clothed in Christ's righteousness. And then Paul reminded us that because we have taken off the old self, because we have put on the new self, we also know we are being transformed each day by God to look more and more like Jesus. So we're new in Christ Jesus, and God is at work in us, transforming us to be more and more like Christ Jesus. And part of God's transformation work, a large part of God's transformation work, includes how we interact with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus and all those God places around us. It includes a focus on our relationships, which is why Paul highlighted in Ephesians 4 and verses 30 and 31, uh, verses 31 and 32, he said, let all bitterness, anger, wrath, shouting and slander, let all of that be removed from you along with all malice. So let all bitterness, anger, wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice and be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving one another. Say that with me out loud. Forgiving one another. Just as God has also forgiven you in Christ Jesus. So we understand and realize that we're able to forgive others by the presence and power of God's Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Day by day, as we continue living yielded to God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, following him step by step, moment by moment. And then the fifth point we see that Jesus is sharing with us here in this passage is we forgive so others can see God through us. We forgive so others can see God through us. We know and understand how important forgiveness is. Quite honestly, the challenge that we face on a daily basis is forgiving in an unforgiving world. Learning to forgive in an unforgiving world, choosing to forgive in an unforgiving world. Forgiveness makes a difference in us 
And forgiveness makes a difference for those that God places around us. And we see an example of this in the New Testament. Stephen, our friend in the book of Acts, Stephen is a great example of this truth in Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7, we find, and actually uh, before Acts chapter 7, the scene unfolds in Acts chapter 7, but we meet Stephen in Acts chapter 6 uh, and moving forward and into Acts chapter 7, and we find out that Stephen was one of the leaders in the first church in Jerusalem. Uh, Luke told us uh, that Stephen was a man full of God's grace and full of God's wisdom and full of God's strength. And we know, according to Luke, uh, that Stephen was helping to meet the needs in the church in Jerusalem. He was helping uh, to make sure everyone was taken care of. He was actually selected by all those in the church in Jerusalem to be one of the leaders to serve and meet the needs of the body, particularly the widows there in the church. And we know uh, that Stephen was uh, falsely charged with blasphemy. And Stephen was brought to trial there in Jerusalem. And Stephen went to trial, and Stephen uh, defended himself against the false charges of blasphemy. Scripture says that he defended himself with God's wisdom and God's truth and God's grace. It kind of just exuded out of Stephen as he gave a defense of why he was doing what he was doing and why the charges were false. And the Scripture says that Luke told us that the folks who charged him falsely got so angry with him and they became so enraged at his defense and his response to them and without question Stephen got a little animated he got a little passionate if you've read that passage you know he got passionate in his defense and it said the crowd got so enraged that they began to charge at Stephen and they began to stone him and they began picking up stones as they laid their coats down they took off their coats, threw them down on the ground. They began to pick up stones, and they began to stone Stephen. In Acts chapter uh, 7, in verse 59, Luke wrote these words. While they were stoning Stephen, Stephen called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. With a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. After saying this, he died. I think it's interesting to note. He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. With a loud voice. Scripture doesn't tell us specifically why Luke made it clear and included in Scripture that Stephen cried out with a loud voice. He didn't have an opportunity to interview Stephen at that moment. But I firmly believe that Stephen cried out with a loud voice as best as he could with everything he had in him so that everyone so that everyone could hear his forgiveness. So every individual 
is throwing a stone. Could hear him forgiving them. And all those who were around, who may not have been actually throwing the stones themselves, could hear as well. Stephen forgave the very ones who were crucifying him as they were crucifying him, as they were stoning him. Jesus did the same thing as he was on the cross. Stephen, obviously knowing this, did the same thing as they were stoning him. As it, you talk about forgiving quickly, that's quickly. You can't get quicker than that. Forgiveness makes a difference. Stephen's forgiveness made a difference. How do we know? Well, we, we know it made a difference. How could it not make a, a difference for those who were there casting the stones as they heard with a loud voice? But we also know if you continue in chapter 8, verse 1, you'll see that Luke also said, and Saul, and Saul was there, and he agreed with the stoning of Stephen. Saul, who we later come to know as Paul, was there watching, giving agreement to those who were stoning Stephen. Stephen's obedience to forgive was part of God's work in Saul's life. And there is no doubt that Stephen's obedience to forgive made an impact in Saul as he watched and listened to what was going on. Our obedience to forgive makes a difference in our lives. And our obedience to forgive makes a difference in the lives of those that God places around us. Our obedience to forgive is part of God's work in others' lives. When we forgive, God blesses us. When we forgive, God allows us to be a blessing to those around us. When we forgive, others are able to see God at work through us. They see him at work in us and through us. They may not quite understand it, but they can't miss it. The beauty of forgiveness is amazing. Forgiveness highlights, it puts a spotlight on the grace and the greatness and the glory of our God. And forgiveness is certainly something that we can all rejoice in today as followers of Jesus Christ. This rejoicing happened all throughout Scripture. The psalmist rejoiced in the greatness of the forgiveness of God. I want you to listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 103, beginning in verse 1. The psalmist said this, My soul bless the Lord, and all that is within me bless his holy name. 
my soul bless the Lord and do not forget all his benefits he forgives all your iniquity he heals all your diseases he redeems your life from the pit he crowns you with faithful love and compassion he satisfies you with good things your youth is renewed like the eagle the Lord executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our transgressions. We understand and know that God is at work in us and God is at work in those around us. Therefore, we must choose forgiveness today and every day so that we don't get in the way of God's work in us or in those around us. Everyone wins with forgiveness. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. God is at work and he's speaking to us and encouraging us and challenging us to respond in obedience to him. And certainly with the focus on forgiveness this morning, this becomes personal to each one of us here in person, streaming online. As a follower of Jesus Christ, God may be convicting you, calling you to, to seek his forgiveness. Maybe you've allowed the sin of unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment or anger, or whatever the case may be, to find a home inside your life. The scripture tells us if we confess our sin, God, he's faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. It's vitally important for us to make sure that we seek God's forgiveness for the daily sins that we commit. But Secondarily, we also must be willing to forgive others and maybe God's impressed upon you an area of unforgiveness that you need to get right with God first because we know all sin is first and foremost against God. But then secondly, that you may, you may need to extend to others to send that hurt, to let go of that pain, to release those offenses that others may have spoken to you or that others may have done to you by God's power at work in you. Turn to him, trust him, tell him you want once and for all to forgive and let it go and he will empower you to do it. And then as is always the case, each time we gather together around God's word, there may be some who have never yet received God's gift of salvation. Never yet receive forgiveness for your sins that continue to keep you separated from God. Jesus shed his blood on the cross to provide you with forgiveness of sins. The work is done. 
All that's left is simply to admit that you are a sinner and you need a savior, to believe that Jesus is the savior, that he paid your price on the cross, he died, he rose again, he's alive today, and it's the only way into relationship with God, and then just simply to confess your sins once and for all to God and to receive his gift of salvation by placing your faith in Jesus. Today is a great day to say yes to the Lord. Our worship team is to come and lead us in this time. Our pastors, our ministers will be down here at the front. They would love to pray with you, pray for you, encourage you in whatever way. As God continues to speak and move, let's respond in obedience to him. Let's stand and say yes. Yeah.